welcome everybody. You are listening to Bleeding Big Blue Podcast on June 25th, 2020, Thursday. Alex Garbage Brothers back in, so we got a couple topics to talk about today. I have a Madden stream on Sunday. I'm going to talk about that. The upcoming NFL season and what could happen. Giants ranked 27th in the league by ESPN and Pro Football Focus. And possible another announcement about something else that I mentioned on Twitter, but also get into it at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for the support all around the country, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you support us on. We thank you very much. So for the first thing, it's my Madden stream. I will upload either a graphic or a picture of the Madden schedule for my Bengals franchise. Obviously, I'm 3-0 and I'll be facing the Steelers this Sunday. And obviously, depending on days of the week, let's just say it goes on a Thursday night. I play, let's say, the Ravens or something. If I play the Ravens on a Thursday night game, I'm going to do it on a Thursday night. I mean, there's no such thing as Wednesdays because it wouldn't crash with my Madden simulation streams. And also to update anyone who didn't watch the game, the 49ers won against the Giants in week three of my Madden simulation streams done with an uploaded roster. And what's really surprising is the score was larger. I think it was like somewhere in the 50s to like 23, which was the final result. But... The Giants were 78 overall on that roster, which might be a little much depending on how you view them in Madden. And the 49ers were an 82 overall, and they were almost Super Bowl champions. So I might have to fix the overalls, but it didn't really play much of a factor in the game, in my opinion, because they still beat the Giants and they still scored a lot of points on them. So that's with the simulation stream week three that was Wednesday. And also... Off topic for the Madden stream part, I right now have a good source of where I'm editing my videos and putting them up on YouTube where I don't have to go through Bandicam, so that's a good thing. You know, you don't have to always see the Bandicam at the top of the screen when you're viewing it on YouTube, and you don't have to see the watermark at the top. Basically, for most companies, and that's why I stopped doing it with Filmora. Well, I mean, I still do it, but there's a certain way that I do things with Filmora, I don't feel like personally paying for Bandicam or Filmora, so I just stick to the free trial and then I work out of it as best as possible. I also do stuff with VSDC Video Editor, so that's the way I sort of do things now. It's actually a much faster way the way I do it, but if I were to explain it, it's a process and it's a matter of a process of explaining that I really don't feel like boring your head with, but let's get to the other topics on the day. And also before... I go into this topic, it deals with a little bit of this topic, but I would just like to express my gladness and my happiness. Baseball is definitely coming back July 23rd or 24th when it comes to the regular season. I'm so excited. I'm a huge Yankees fan, and I look forward to watching the season. I just wanted to express that and get that out there, and hopefully Major League Baseball has a 60-game season. Nothing interrupts it. Obviously, there's no fans, but just watching sports and getting it back is really a joy to me other than football, other than basketball, possibly other than hockey, other than NASCAR, but baseball probably would be one of my top two favorite sports for at least my liking. Now, my next topic is the upcoming NFL season, what could happen? So today either was made official or it was rumored, but it was made official, I'm pretty sure, that NFL owners voted to cover up the first couple seats in each stadium, I'm pretty sure, for advertisements. And this is not coronavirus related as in social distancing, 
But this is related to the coronavirus and the aspect of the NFL might be losing money if they don't allow fans inside the stadiums. And that would be not just horrible for the NFL, but for ticket holders like SeatGeek, ticket holders like Vivid Seats, those guys. Because the NFL season, if you take a look at it, is the only shot they have to make money in 2020 at a realistic standpoint. Because if people buy tickets, they're going to get refunded probably from Vivid Seats or SeatGeek, let's say, if they don't have fans in the stadiums this year. So SeatGeek and Vivid Seats would lose money and lose revenue because, again, right now football is the only sport that's possibly allowing fans inside the stadiums in the regular season. NBA, not doing it, probably except family if they even get that across in Orlando where they're restarting. But in the regular season, the NFL hopes to have fans in the stadiums. Now that also correlates to one thing also. But when I'm talking about SeatGeek and Vivid Seats and StubHub, also playing the factor that if the coronavirus, you know, proceeds to lower and the curve flattens and everything starts to get better in the fall because that's also where it gets colder and the coronavirus could spread more that the MLB playoffs could have fans in the stadiums with health protocols but if you take a look at it and I'm talking about the MLB standpoint let's say the Yankees go to the playoffs right their stadium website StubHub, SeatGeek, Vivid Seats all those tickets would probably be over $1,000 because the Yankee Stadium is expensive and the playoffs are in that timing. Now, you're not making up for the revenue you lost in the regular season unless MLB does something drastic. And the players wanted and got into agreement that they wanted to get paid their full salary. Personally, I didn't agree with that on some levels, but I'm not going to dip in too much into that because this is a Giants and an NFL podcast. If you want to hear me talk about it, probably refer to my personal Twitter. Most likely, I know I said a couple things on there about this whole MLB agreement stuff. Before they got the agreement done, it was a lot of crap. But going back to my point, you're not making up for that revenue that you lost during the season. Because let's go with Vivid Seats or any ticket holder, right? You have the playoffs, which is at least $1,000 tickets. Then you got the regular season where you have it level by level. Let's just say 630 behind home plate, 200 for the second deck, third deck is like 100, and then like cheap seats, nosebleeds is, let's say, 40 bucks and under or 50 bucks and under, right? You're losing that revenue, that portion of the revenue. Now, again, going back to my point, you make all of that in a non coronavirus atmosphere. If you're a season ticket holder, baseball stadium and i'm talking baseball just at this point it could also go to basketball if they allow fans but i'm talking baseball because they might allow fans in the playoffs so even if you charge the crap out of playoff tickets and you have the playoffs and fans in the seats you're not getting back that revenue for baseball because you don't have any fans in the stands and you were supposed to have a season march april may june and your revenue is lost there. So you're going to base it off TV ratings. You're going to base it off merchandise. So that's what has to go into effect for the MLB. And they maybe should try that first row seats possibility for the MLB. Because they will be losing a lot of revenue. And they need their ads back. And it also has to do with TV ratings. But that's another subject. 
I'm not going to really get into that right now. But for the NFL, first couple rows of seats will have to be dealing with ads so they could make some revenue if or if not the fans aren't there. Because we definitely know that the capacity will probably be lower. I don't think it's going to be 100% right away unless everybody wears a mask, which is probably not going to happen in some states. And the NFL is allowing each stadium in each state to control what capacity is going to be in the stadium. Like, for instance, uh, Global Life Park and probably going along with the stadium Houston and the stadium in Dallas. The governor for Texas before the spikes hit Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, said that the stadiums were going to be 50% full to start it off, which is a good thing. Even though you're not making the revenue you should, it's a good start, and maybe you could start allowing people back into the stadiums with health protocols, but obviously that might change now because of the recent spikes. So that is the advertisement replacing first row seats possibility. Now fans in the stands, this has to correlate with training camp. Now we saw today that the first annual Hall of Fame game, which is the first preseason game every single year, got canceled. It was the Cowboys versus the Steelers. They canceled it. And most likely they're going to shorten the preseason at some point. They'll make a schedule and cut it down to probably two games. Everyone's talking about it. So we'll see if it happens. But if everything is controlled at some point and July 28th comes around and everybody reports, fans could be in the stands pending any outbreaks again, obviously. I mean, we're in a spike. There's a spike in Florida, spike in Texas, spike in California. So it's going to be interesting for the Texas, California, and Florida teams. But if everybody reports safely July 25th or whenever their training camp is supposed to start, and it's supposed to start on time, fans in the stadiums comes a likely possibility if no outbreaks or major outbreaks go in multiple states. So that generates the possibility of fans in the stands with the regular season. And then the preseason, we have to wait the decision. I mean, most likely they'll probably try to put fans in the preseason in the stands I'm talking about. Personally, I couldn't care, really. I mean, football's football. I still want to see Danny Dimes throw some dimes down the field and the defense makes plays. I still want to watch Giants football and see what Joe Judge is about. I want to season. Fans are not, I care, but I don't care because I've never been to an actual Giants game. I've been to... Preseason games, I've been to two of them. I went to the Giants-Jets game in 2018 and then the Bears-Giants game in 2019. So those are two games that I went to. And I also went to Giants training camp in 2019 and also went to the Giants celebration party for the first home game against the Bills. That was the Friday before the Sunday game. But if anyone really had to worry, and people are worrying, obviously with the COVID outbreaks and the social distancing and the capacity... Unless you have affordability issues or are trying to go to your first actual NFL game. I'm not talking regular season. I'm talking just preseason. You want to feel the experience of an NFL game even though it's going to be backups and partially starters but mostly backups. But if anyone is more worried about and people are worried again. If anyone is more worried about fans in the stands, it's going to be in the regular season and the playoffs. Most likely the regular season because you want to see your team Let's just say, for me, I want to go to my first game, and you don't get to see them in the playoffs, so that doesn't prolong that chance of the Giants going to the playoffs, and if you don't see them, well, you're crap out of luck, because they don't make the playoffs, and that's when they allow fans in the stands again. You're going to be crap out of luck, as I just said, 
But in the preseason, it doesn't really matter in a way because their backups and their starters. I mean, you are seeing players compete for different roles. But the regular season, most people rally around fans being there. COVID restrictions applying as well. And for the players, also have to take into effect social distancing rules and other stuff. But apparently it was either a design by somebody or it's actually going to try to be implemented that the NFL has a mask system inside of the helmets. And one of the former chiefs, or he is a chief now, I think his last name is Roches. He has like a double last name like I do. But he said, you know, it's hard enough breathing through a helmet. Why are they going to make us wear this mask systemized helmet? And if you take a look at it, it looks like a motorcycle helmet, just fewer holes to breathe through. So that's going to be interesting for the players. Personally, the most non-distancing situations you will face as an NFL player will probably be on special teams if you're kicking a field goal because the offensive line and the defensive line is right there. On regular situations, when you have offensive line and defensive line, and also take into account that if you're a defensive lineman, one of your fellow defensive linemen might have COVID, or one of your offensive linemen might have COVID. So to wrap up this subject, in a way, it's going to be interesting what the NFL tries to do to make a season with or without fans and try to get their revenue on track whether it's advertisements or actually allowing fans into the seats and see if they can actually get a full 16 game season in with possibility of COVID coming back in the fall like in a big outbreak or the winter because that was where it hit last year and then it came to the U.S. and then all that stuff happened but that's what I have to say on the NFL subject I mean I will talk about it in other instances but that's really my coverage on that subject. It's going to be interesting this year, and we're all going to be witnessing history and being a part of history, especially for the NFL, the other sports involved, and especially for this country. So my next subject is about the Giants ranking 27th by PFF and ESPN combining together to do a ranking system. But first, want to listen to a Giants podcast during quarantine and after with opinions based on evidence and favorable predictions, real information? Well, you're at the right place. Listen to our podcast, the Bleeding Big Blue Podcast, Giants Info and Takes, every Tuesday and Thursday. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, which features podcast episodes, Madden streams, and short videos based on takes and film done by Rohan Sangani. Our podcast episodes are hosted on Podbean, but available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Follow our social media pages, our Instagram and our Twitter, for daily updates and fan interactions at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. So, PFF and ESPN ranked the Giants 27th coming into the 2020 season that's on their power rankings and I'm going to read some excerpts from the actual article but the graphic that will show is the excerpts taken from ESPN but on the Big Blue View website. So they start off with biggest strength. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, and BJ Hill all finished well above average run defense grades at the interior defender position. If you move back to the linebacker position, David Mayo, the potential starter alongside Blake Martinez, ended the 2019 season with a PFF run defense grade of 90.1. Teams are going to have trouble running up the middle against the Giants. Biggest weakness. Kyler Fackrell replaces Marcus Golden in the lineup next season, but his career high in pressures is 27 in 
2017. O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter figure to compete for the other starting edge defender job. In their three combined seasons, the highest PFF pass rushing grade between them is 62.3. With a run-first defensive line, New York projects to have one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL. X-Factor for 2020. The high-end level of play from quarterback Daniel Jones is what has drawn people in, and it provides reason for cautious optimism. His carelessness with the football last season has to be acknowledged, though. Jones' 31 turnover-worthy plays that should have resulted in turnovers, whether they actually did or not, ranked as the fourth most in the NFL. Jones' imperviousness to pressure produces some spectacular plays, but also leads to those unnecessary sacks and mistakes. The Giants' 2020 season will largely rest on whether the second-year quarterback can improve in that area. So here are my thoughts on this. They are right with the defensive line when it comes to the run-stopping. And then also, when it comes to the two potential linebackers, the starting ones, David Mayo and Blake Martinez. Also, counting the fact that Ryan Connolly's coming back, but will he make an impact right away coming back from an ASCL tear? So that's going to be interesting. Run defense, definitely they want to upgrade. That has been the obsession with Dave Gettleman and defensive tackles. That has been the reason he's been trying to get defensive tackles like Dexter Lawrence. That's why he traded for Leonard Williams to stop the run. That's been a serious weakness for the Giants defense for the past couple seasons. And him and Joe Judge absolutely want to fix it. They also signed former Titans defensive tackle Austin Johnson to a one-year contract. And going back to the linebacker part, Blake Martinez has been one of the leaders in tackles for the last couple of years in the NFL. And when David Mayo stepped in, his run defense grade was absolutely beautiful. And you could even recognize it without looking to PFF that he was good in the run game. Passing game, not so much. But the run game, definitely. Especially with the impact when Leonard Williams came in, that it was much smoother. But... It is a wait-to-see process with the biggest strength being the run defense, probably being one of the better in the NFL right now. But again, we will see this during the season. Now, the biggest weakness obviously seems to be the pass rush, and I do agree. Kyler Fackrell replaces Marcus Golden. True but not true. True if he gets signed before July 25th, I want to say, or July 22nd. One of those dates, three days off, so I can't be that much off. But it would definitely increase outside linebacker competition for the starting role, especially when you got Golden, you got Fackrell, Carter, Coughlin, and O'Shane Zeminis as well, plus the undrafted free agents. So that part's going to be interesting, but right now it looks as if the pass rush is probably going to be the weakest link going into 2020. Yes, O'Shane Zeminis, four and a half sacks last year. Also, Lorenzo Carter the same, but Lorenzo Carter wasn't really impressive the past year and O'Shane Zimenez was in less playing time and then when Carter was supposed to make the jump like Zimenez is suspected to he didn't make that jump and got only half a sack higher than his previous season Marcus Golden is he gonna be that 10 sack guy this year or is he gonna have trouble adjusting to a Patrick Graham scheme Kyler Fackrell will he return to his 10 and a half sack form from 2018 when Patrick Graham was the linebackers coach so those were a couple things to see. 
They definitely are focused on the secondary, and we could see that because they selected Darnay Holmes in the draft. They also selected Xavier McKinney. So they were, I would like to say, more focused on the secondary than they were the pass rush. But they did get Carter Coughlin at the back end of the draft. But with Patrick Graham's scheme, they didn't really put an emphasis on pass rushers because they felt like they had some. But sometimes that doesn't always cover it. I mean... You could try to be like the Patriots in this case and be like almost dead last in the league in sacks but have one of the best secondaries in the NFL with Stephon Gilmore. I'm talking New England, of course. Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, Jonathan Jones is another name, Patrick Chung. So those are a couple of names to throw around I'm saying in New England. Take a look at the Giants. You got Jabril Peppers. You got DeAndre Baker. If he progresses, Sam Beal and Ballantyne behind him. Drafted Xavier McKinney, you'll still have Julian Love back there as well. So that's going to be interesting. But right now, a lot of people are still concerned with corner development, but they're more confident in that with this new coaching staff than they are the pass rush. Now, a lot of people point to, oh, Patrick Graham, uh, Kyler Fackrell did good with him, and he got 10.5 sacks and made Blake Martinez one of the better linebackers. But he's in a much more high-graded position now which is the defensive coordinator assistant coach. The linebackers coach is our Brett Bielma from the Patriots, who was the defensive line coach there, and now Kevin Scherer from Tennessee. So it's going to be interesting in that specific topic. But again, weak link is definitely the pass rush at this point. You don't have any proven stars other than Golden, but he can't work outside of familiarity. He's shown that. But hopefully some pizzazz is put in this pass rush. You don't want to be at that point where your pass rush is raw and your defense is still quite not there and you have to spend money on a pass rusher like Yannick Nagakwe or Shaq Barrett. Listen, I wouldn't mind that, but if that was our priority and other teams are going after them and then we lose, we're not going to be so sure with our pass rush and we would probably have to take that into the draft and then develop another pass rusher and it's going to be a little bit of a thing there. But... If they're really trying to do this Patriots thing of not work on so much pass rush and work on the secondary, that's all fine and well. But if the secondary doesn't turn out to be the Patriots way and they want it to be the Patriots way and they can't cover for long enough and you have to have rushes to get there, they're not going to be in a good position defensively. And that's going to be a lot of frustration that the coaching staff has to go through and the fans have to go through. So... The fans wouldn't want to see that, but the future is upholding, especially with that position. Now, the X Factor for 2020, I want to discuss that a little bit. Now, people are talking about, oh, we should get more wide receivers. I kind of get that, but I really don't. Obviously, we talked about PFF's rank a couple episodes ago when it came to Giants wide receivers. I think it was like 21st or something, and people were flipping out about that, and I basically gave the excuse, well, the wide receiver core has looked good the last couple of years, but the Giants weren't able to get it done either because dropping passes, the offense wasn't good enough, or the injuries came to play, and we didn't have receivers. We ended up having backups. But with this receiving core, at least the top three you're good for, unless injuries, obviously. Sterling Shepard, you have to worry about just a tiny pinch with concussions. Golden Tate, he's coming out of his prime very slowly, but he's still productive. Darius Slayton, also a rookie last year, and now this year, he's going to be a second-year man out of Auburn. So I would love to see what campaign he brings. And then you got Evan Ingram, generally on offense as a tight end, who could be a wide receiver, but a lot of people talk about it's a better mismatch at linebacker than it is a cornerback. 
that's a good point to make. But when it comes to Evan Ingram, hopefully he stays healthy and produces for the offense and Saquon Barkley's in the backfield. And the offensive line has to come to play, especially, too, if you're working on Daniel Jones' development. You can't have Andrew Thomas give up, like, 10 sacks and then have Spencer Pulley not do good and then the run game doesn't support the passing game and they don't set up each other. You just can't have that, especially when your job is on the line and your team is rebuilding and you're trying to develop the quarterback that you drafted. And I'm not saying the offensive line has to be first in the league. I'm not saying it has to be second in the league. Look, it's just be- it's got to be better than last year, especially when Jason Garrett's the OC and Mark Colombo's the offensive line coach who developed a great offensive line in Dallas. And that's on his resume, and then he comes here and doesn't get anything accomplished. Like, you know what you're getting with some people, and Hal Hunter, when he came here, he didn't really have much accomplished on the offensive line spectrum when it came to the NFL was the O-line coach for the Browns in 2016. So you know where that discussion is headed. And I'm not saying it's all the offensive linemen's fault. I'm talking about 2016 Browns. I'm not saying it's all the offensive linemen's fault. I mean, after all, they did have Joe Thomas at left tackle. And they gave up 66 sacks. Whether your quarterbacks are holding onto the ball way too long and they had multiple starters that year, they're still not looking good. I mean, and you make that higher for the offensive line. just looks very confusing and very suspicious. And I don't know what they were thinking there, but I don't know the offensive line coach options on the table at the time, so I can't really speak for anybody with that one. But going back to the original point, wide receiver core needs to stay healthy along with the other offensive positions with tight end and running back. They all need to stay healthy, produce, Daniel Jones needs to make a leap and needs to stop fumbling the football as many times as he did last year. And the offensive line needs to take a leap, and we need to see progress out of Andrew Thomas and anyone else, a rookie that starts on the offensive line like Shane Lemieux or maybe even Matt Peart at some point, but Nick Gates also could be seen in there. That just needs to take a jump. But for the X Factor, that's my point. About the 27th ranked team in the NFL going into 2020 overall I believe that it's almost a fair position I have to read up on what teams are behind it in front of them because I don't have a subscription to ESPN and I can't see the full article but I got this is off of Big Blue View but I do know they are ranked better than the Redskins just not better than the Cowboys and the Eagles so I would have to take a look at that because the Redskins are 31st and they have a good defense but their offense on paper looks very scrappy. So they could be better than the 27th ranked team going into 2020, or they could change that ranking, or they could possibly even do better in the regular season than what people predict them to be. But I honestly think that's a good starting point for the Giants on the power rankings this season. I'm not saying that 27th is a good starting point at any time, but when you have a rookie head coach, I think it's sort of acceptable. So one more thing I want to get into, it's a small factor, it's a small topic. Since I started writing for All New York Sports, I'm getting to know the community members and all that. And going on the topic, obviously everybody writes, but the head of the website said that some people are going to be going to podcast only. But people will be doing podcasts and articles at the same time. So for me, I already informed them, you know, about this podcast and they checked it out. They said it was a good podcast, but... There's going to be, in the future, at some point, hopefully soon, an All New York Sports podcast 
that is mostly integrated around the NFL and on New York Sports and I think is going to try to sponsor it or be involved with it as much as possible. I do need an intro for that and I'll probably need some cover art at some point so I'll need to make that arrangement. And the guy I had working this intro is not with us anymore. I made a business decision to let him go. He was the intro maker and he used to upload the episodes to Podbean and he also used to try to get sponsorships but I've since let him go and you could just preview that tweet. I'm not getting into that but obviously that stuff has to be finagled. The podcast is going to feature me, my friend Sean and my brother Luca. We're going to do a football podcast and I'm still thinking of the name. I have an idea of where I want to go with this but They still have to get their equipment. I have my equipment, obviously, because I still got this mic and all the other stuff for it. So they're going to have to get mics and do something. But that's just something to look forward to in the future once I get this going. And you guys can go follow the page when it's made up. Obviously, I didn't start that yet because we haven't gone that far into what we were doing. But that is something for you guys to look out for in the future. And I will be promoting it on this page and my personal twitter and instagram so that is the end of the bleeding big blue podcast episode 24 done on june 25th alex kivish is your host thank you guys for supporting check out our youtube channel social media pages our podcasts are hosted on podbean but available on spotify apple Podcasts, and google play look out for updates on social media thank you guys for supporting again and see you guys next week